from that experience, I never felt like myself mm. still. It did help. It did balance me, mm. but it was, it was something that just didn't feel good or yeah. right to me, you know? So, and I started reading into how harmful some of these things are to mm. the brain and stuff. So, mm. you know, essentially, you know, I ended up getting to the point where I was looking at more of a holistic approach yeah. at mental health and uh, in a way where I could, you know, take myself off mm. um, that medication and, and do, you know, more alternate practices like meditation and yoga and, mm. um, and stuff like that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast on planet Earth. Um, you know, as voted by Tommy Kerr, he said it. He said it himself. Yeah. Great, <laughs> greatest podcast. And Chris Hemsworth as well. Yeah. So it's crazy yeah, right what now. What can you really do right now? Man? Now this is the Uncovered Podcast with Nick and Femi. It's your boy Femi here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's your boy Nick. And yeah, man, it's an exciting time for. Oh, exciting! I mean, look, it's, it's a very interesting, it's an interesting time, time right yeah. now. And I think that we've got uh, someone on that's going to talk about, you know, his perspective on such an interesting time and our perspective on an yeah, interesting time. Sure. But obviously, if you're living under a rock, you don't know what's going on. Uh, something called COVID-19 <laughs> exists. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's really kind of taken over the world really dramatically in the last couple of weeks, yeah. actually. Like we've never seen anything like this, like, like this before, which is crazy. Mm. So I think it's, it's very new and foreign to us. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's gonna allow us Aussies to really like delve into like the inner, like the inner strength and warrior that we have. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be sick, man. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's let's interesting. Uh, let's let's say that like it's gonna, but it's we'll see. Interesting. Right? Yeah, we'll yeah. see how we we we'll see how we all go, how it all yeah, plans yeah. out, and a lot of businesses are being affected by it. So all my prayers and love are with them, hundred yeah. percent. A lot of our friends are really feeling the effects of it. So just wanted to say that. But back to what we're talking about today, yeah. <laughs> we got the you know. Former professional football player, business owner, all around SK. Like, I just, <laughs> all around sick guy, man. We got Mr. Tommy Kerr here. What's going on, bro? Good boys. Good to be here. Yeah. I've got one thing to say before Talk we kick to- off. Hey! <laughs> I mean, look, that's the kind of mood we're all in. Yeah. Eh? Like, at the moment, I just cracked a beer for those who can't see. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I well, being responses though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Denon Kemp at um, Bloke in a Bar. But, um, he's got a podcast too, right? anyway. But um, <laughs> second best in the world. Second, yeah, best, second, second best. best. Second best rated by me. Um, but yeah, no, pleasure to be here, guys, and looking forward to diving deep into mm. some some topics. You know, I think you said it. You know, it's we're going through a difficult time at the moment, and hopefully, you know, something I can share will give people a bit of perspective about how to come adversity, overcome adversity in challenging times. So, yes. And we've never faced a, a period like this in our lives. It's fine to everyone. Um, but the best message we can send out, you know, is that continue love and support for each other. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about talking about mental health and, you know, a lot of people are going to suffer over over this period. So um, we want to make sure, we, you know, we're checking on people regularly, you know, just reaching out, seeing how they are. Um, it doesn't take much. It's a text, you know, it's a text away. Mm. Even if we can't physically be there for people, mm. you know, we can emotionally and, and also, um, you know, in some, in some respects spiritually as well, you know, yeah, so definitely. Just said, sending out prayers and sending out positive intention, no matter what your, you know, religious background or, um, you know, belief or faith is, you know, 
this will unify this country and world more than anything has ever 100%. in the past. 100%. And I just want to say, man, like I saw what you did on, on Instagram the other day with the whole kindness and giving for the elderly. I think that's yeah, that's so you. powerful and sick. And, I, and it's a good message for everyone that's listening right now. I mean, that you mm. can go such a far way or such a long way from just expressing kindness and giving to those that really need your help and support right now. So thank you very much. Really yeah. yeah. So a little bit, I'll touch a little bit on that because we did have the Today Show down here. Yeah. And um, they they didn't, because they had a number of different, um, you know, people and, and in, people that were influencing their area as well. We didn't really get the story out and how it came about. Yeah. So um, on the, the Sunday evening, it was, um, I had to hear from my mom, who's a, you know, 70 year old, you know, widowed woman that had to drive through three different supermarkets to find toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we came, I came back to work and we opened up the conversation with some of our staff here and, mm. and Brittany is amazing. Got a heart like Farlap, you know, and, um, mm. she basically came up with the idea and, um, you know, just wanted to do something for the elderly. Mm. Um, after, you know, and, and it was an amazing when it just, came out you know it was uh it was an amazing thing and an act of kindness and compassion that yeah. you know we all all backed so hard so um it's been amazing reception to see you know not only you know the engagement it got and the exposure it got um you know nationwide but you know especially just affecting the area around us and the local mm. community you know we've had mm. so many donations um, you know, people just coming in, dropping left and right bags of, of you know, supplies and, you know, whatever they don't need. Mm. Um, and we've had a lot of elderly people and vulnerable people as well, not just elderly, mm. like people who are, you know, going through anxiety and stress at the moment. Um, people aren't capable of leaving the house as well, mm. you know, sending people up to get some supplies. Could be injuries or whatever, then, you know, they're immobile at home or, so yeah, we were pushing that message out. It wasn't just for the elderly, although that was our focus. Um, we wanted people who were, you know, in that vulnerable category to mm. come up and, and take. Because man, we've seen some really selfish acts. You know, yeah. the media have driven that, and um, you know, we've seen people, you know, how they've reacted in, you know, you know, fear, mm. and um, it was shocking to see. So mm. you know, we set the platform as you know something that was kind and compassionate to give out to people and yeah the, the credit's been you know the, it's been a very amazing thing to un watch unfold um but also to you know just bringing that positivity and that human spirit back mm. yes. into people you know more calmness and just you know mm. instilling that into people's minds and and sharing you mm. know you know exactly the right way to act you know yeah, they exactly right. pushed out there in, in times like this it's mm. not about you know division it's not about you know hoard, selfish hoarding you know mm. we've all got enough to go around yeah, for yeah exactly sure. exactly right and i think that what you've said is so important especially in this time and especially any time on adversity it's mm. really been able to embody that level of calmness and composure mm, yeah. and being able to really have a grounded knowing to be able to support people around you as well because mm. that's the only way we're going to be able to go through it you know john smith down the road he doesn't need 50 million nah, you know toilet rolls, toilet rolls <laughs> yeah. and, and packs the chips thing, right and like could you imagine <laughs> that you know those people that were fully immersed into this this you know like hoarding sense of being and you know, like, let's say this was to pass over in a few months' time, man, and they've got 50 cars yeah, 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 yeah. in their garage <laughs> yeah. going, 
Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> uh, nah, it's but it's fear. I think that's yeah. it's such an important thing that what you said is that like people make such rash decisions yeah, based on fear. Yeah. When we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know, it's like that, it's still that anxiety. Like people are still feeling so anxious about it. It's mm. like, I might not be able to wipe my ass for the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's a serious word. It's a serious word. You could use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, at least. You know? like, bro, times have got desperate, man. I would not have that. 100%. I'm saying like, you know, like, you know, food and, and whatnot. Yeah, like you can make a case, man. But the toilet know, paper thing, toilet paper thing, yeah. just out of control. Just out of control. Yeah. Come on, man. If, look, I heard Charlemagne said it. He's like, yeah. look, if you've ever been broke, that has never been your concern, yeah, bro. You get, some, you get some freaking newspaper, yeah, 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 yeah. some paper, oh, bro, you're good. It. Or just get some water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> but look, I'm telling you, it's crazy. The world that we're living in is crazy, but. You know, we're not here to just talk about that. I think that's yeah. got more than enough attention. Yeah. But I think that your story and who you are is such a beacon of hope and transformation. Mm. I think that's the only way to really describe it. And I want people to really have the opportunity to get to know you, get to know your story, get to know why you're such an example for that. Yeah, so, yeah, just to elaborate on that, I have definitely had times that have been you know more than challenging for your average person i'd mm. say um but yeah i mean look the way i see it now is i use everything all my experiences you know as a platform mm. and obviously i've you know in the past i've been in situations that have been undesirable and i've actually um you know, have actually caused things or events that, you know, have had lasting impact on people's lives. So mm. I think that's the biggest thing that drives me in terms of, you know, seeing the people that seeing the people that I've, you know, personally affected mm. um, and have just now like got this um, drive just to constantly, you know, help others. Mm. And it's been, yeah, a challenging um, transformation mm. because, you know, a lot of the things that are associated with um, where I am today have been through suffering and trauma, Yeah, you know? So I'm constantly working on myself, mm. you know, and to be the best version of, of, of who I am. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect because it's mm. false. Mm. Yeah. But every day I wake up and I'm just driven to, you know, wellness and health and, you know, the sense of being able to be a key influencer um, in that field and especially of mental health because it's something mm. I suffered from and continue to do so, you know. It's mental health, we all have it and mm. it's there's never going to be a time where we don't experience some of kind of mental health you know i found myself at the back end of last year um trapped in this whirlwind of emotions and just um these feelings of um in that you know very sense of the word overwhelmed about mm. how much i was taking on yeah um you know i just started a new business which i was driving out not just for sports recovery or beauty services, mm. it was to create another platform 
to do some of the other things that I'm doing now in the community mm. and for the community. Mm. Yeah. So now, you know, I can use the name Lequeur, I can leverage that, I can leverage the profile that I've, I've you know, been trying to build up um, and, you know, really offer it out there to people and offer some <laughs> of the, my experiences mm. as a means and a way of, of helping other people overcome, mm. you know, adversity, overcome challenges. Yeah. And, you know, if anything, you know, that's, that's exactly the pathway that I've, I've found myself on and see myself continuing to do, especially more than ever yeah. during these times. Yeah. 100%. And I really love that because I feel like a lot of people like really benefit from experience and people's understanding people's story. Yeah. Because I think it's one thing to be able to get the theory and understand it's like, oh yeah, just do this, do this. But then some people will be like, well, my situation is quite different. Yeah. You know, I've gone through a lot of adversity, a lot of hard times. It just feels like there's no way out. Yeah. And you've been an example showing mm. your story, showing that, you know what, you can do it. Mm. It really opens the minds to a lot of people, which I think is truly, truly beneficial. So I really just want to kind of delve in. I know yeah. you mentioned a little bit at the time that you've gone through a lot of events that had like longer lasting effects on other people mm. can we kind of like delve into like what that was how it yeah. came about where it kind of stems from what yeah those kind of things yeah i mean and look my past now is is gone beyond you know me trying to hide or cover anything up yeah. like it's out there people know now mm. you know it's been published in the media it's you know um i mean i guess the biggest thing was um you know, growing up, I had this idea of, you know, where I wanted to be, um, who I wanted, but what I wanted to do. And that was rugby league. That was my mm. life. Okay. So I went through all the junior systems and, you know, up to the point where I was, I was, uh, you know, 18th man for the, you know, ju just in that, um, you know, frame for a shot at the sharks type, mm -hmm. type, you know, when I was playing at Cronulla and, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a thing where I had people telling me, you know, you're very close to, to getting you, you know, your opportunity. And, um, that's where I just completely saw my, my future, you know, and mm. it was just about to take off. Yeah. Okay. So you went from, you know, training with, you know, um, the NRL players to playing a trial match and, um, it was really you know, young 20-year-old kid at the time who just thought he had the world at his feet mm. and ended up getting a, a... actually flying over to New Zealand and playing in a game um, in the reserve grade over there and I ruptured all four ligaments in my knee. Wow. So effectively, that ruled me out for... Um, it was supposed to be a minimum of 12 months and it ended up being closer to two years. Whoa. Um, Returned to the field, um, which was a, you know, an absolute, <laughs> in my opinion, it was a miracle in itself because I just mm. had setback after setback. Mm. Um, but I was so proud and accomplished, you know, that of that achievement that I accomplished there. So I came back and, you know, played a few games back at um, an another club and ended up rupturing another two ligaments in my knee. So effectively, that was it for me, you know, <clears> the <throat> season and um, I think that point in my life is when, uh, you know, I was just completely lost and, you know, I was still very young, you know, early twenties and just didn't really, didn't really know what I was going to do or where I was going to end up. Mm. And 
all of a sudden, you know, the mental health stuff really started to take over. So mm. I fell into anxiety and depression, um, you know, was drinking and gambling and partying so much that mm. it was so toxic. Um, the environment, you know, the people I was surrounding myself with, like all of this was, was something that um, really just consumed me and my life and the pathway I was going. And, you know, from that, I found myself in trouble, you know, with the law. Um, there was a few occasions where, um, you know, I found myself in front of a judge and mm. a magistrate and, you know, was very lucky probably um, in some circumstances not to to being sent to prison any earlier um, than when I was. So I think, um, you know, that whole, you know, sense of, party drugs and alcohol and stuff like that was, was something that became an issue for me. Yeah. Um, and I guess back then, like I didn't have the, the, own, like my own education about, um, what it was, how it was impacting, not mm. just me, but everyone else around me, family, mm. friends. Yeah. And I managed to, so, so I did go through a, a stage where I was um, actually medicated for anxiety mm. and depression. And that was probably the first turning point where I realized I needed to do something. Mm. And that was my first introduction to meditation, actually. Mm. And I was kind of finding myself, um, I was still working in an industry that was an online bookie. And mm. it probably wasn't, it definitely wasn't a, <laughs> um, an industry that, was suited to me, mm. you know, I'm anything I do, I give a hundred percent, man. And yeah. I, I actually worked my way up, you know, I would say bluffed my way up from a, a, um, like a trading assistant to a senior trader in less than a year. So I was just committed to it. You know, I didn't have a, a background in finance or anything. A lot of guys did been to uni and stuff. And, but I was a people's person. I knew how to kind of work that as well as, um, just be committed and just listen, you know, when mm. anyone was telling me, um, my bosses and seniors, you know, what to do, I would just listen. That's mm. it. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't, they think they know, <laughs> yeah. you know, no challenge or whatever. And it just rubs people that are, you know, more experienced than you up the wrong way yeah. you know, and could help and can effectively hold you back. So, yeah. um, so I found, you know, during that time and period, um, and especially, you know, once I was medicated for these, um, uh, you know, antidepressants, I, you know, as I said, ne realized I needed to do something and change something. Physical health just wasn't enough. Mm. I've always been fit and active, but I needed to start working on my mind. Yeah. So I even, you know, I got to the point where, you know, getting off certain things and whatever and just trying to do my best with, um, you know, trans you know, transmuting, you know, and just, you know, going from, you know, that negative and, and setting myself on a positive path pathway. And I ended up um, getting to that stage where I was just introduction, you know, I had that introduction into meditation and self-help and hmm. was, was starting to commit to certain um, practices. But um, that all kind of came to a massive um you know, abrupt halt when I had this, this huge accident in my car. I actually 
was driving to work one morning um, after working a long shift and I crashed my car into um, six cyclists on the road. Mm. So I wasn't drunk and I wasn't on drugs. Um, I was just so tired and run mm. down. Mm. And, you know, I was um, burning the candle out, so to speak, you know. Mm. I was, um, was definitely running on fumes. When all this transpired, I was, you know, I, I should have known better not to probably drive that morning yeah. seeing I was um you know in that state but I, I didn't feel like you know there was anything kind of you know different in terms of you know i'd never ever blacked out or had a micro sleep at the wheel before mm -hmm. so i didn't think any anything of it like i didn't think yeah. i just thought i'd drive to work i'd be fine but mm. it was so freakish the way it happened and yeah. i just don't believe things are you know I, like i just think everything as long as much as it's a cliche everything mm. happens for a reason i yeah. truly truly believe you know in this statement and um so yeah i had this um you know tragic accident and as a result you know i did 18 months on on a bail um you know period where i it's effectively a jail sentence man because mm. you've got this thing hanging over your head you feel like you're trapped yeah. you yeah. know and i feel like during that time um <clears throat> i just wasn't as immersed like even though i started into this you know self-actualization and self-realization pathway before the accident i felt like i, I fully couldn't give myself up to anything because yeah. of what was happening externally yeah, yeah. With, my, with my surrounding with, with my situation so um, that's one big lesson, you know, that I always, you know, look back at is, you know, spending that 18 months on bail and, you know, not being able to fully live to mm. my, you know, true authentic and I guess, um, uh, yeah, my, my true authentic self, mm. you know, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a period where, you know, I still was you know, on the surface level getting into it. But it wasn't until I got sentenced that the real inner work started for me. Yeah. So, you know, and I say this openly, I don't sit here and say I've been hard done by for an accident. I yeah. sit here and say I, I served, you know, what I served. People that were involved in the accident have lifelong injuries mm. and... I was so fortunate that no one was killed. Mm. Um, I've, you know, tried to reiterate a thousand times that it was exactly that. It was an accident. It was not done intentionally. Um, and, you know, for the most part, I haven't had a lot of, you know, contact with the, the people involved, but that's the message, you know, I'd always send is to, you know, for me, um, I would always welcome that opportunity to to talk about, you know, the whole um, the whole experience and situation uh, with them sometime, you know. Um, but yeah, I sit here and I say honestly that, you know, it could have been a lot worse, and I'm so fortunate yeah. to be here right now when there is there was that op there was that chance that you know it could have been a lot worse. Hundred percent. So you look at it from a perspective of, from, you know, with perspective and, um, yeah. And, and also the fact too, that, 
you know, there were a number of things, you know, incorporated that, you know, led to me getting um, sentenced in, in, the ma- in the manner I was. So I think, you know, as much as the media did drive it um, and make it kind of an example showcase to implement new laws around Sydney about, you know, keeping your distance between motorists and bike. That, that was all necessary, you know, like, mm. because there were mm. a few um, instances after my accident that, you know, this was happening quite regularly, even mm. though, you know, the media did pick it up a bit, yeah. you know, mm. I sit here with no regret and no, I don't, you know, say I was hard done by, you know, it yeah, just really. is what it is. I, um, I went through it and I look back at it now as the most transformational experience of my life. Sure, yeah. And I say that, you know, uh, from my heart that now I wouldn't be the person I am today had I not gone through all of that. Mm. All of that. 110%. Mm. I think it's a really powerful point of, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, of the nece- not the, the necessity of going through trauma. Mm. and understanding your trauma and being able to acknowledge that and move through it because that's that was the game changer it wasn't actually the trauma that caused you to be able to transform it was the, your response to the mm. trauma mm. which was really really powerful because i think there's a lot of people that go through really difficult situations that are not where you're at mm. do you know what i mean yeah and definitely that's a great point i just think um it, for, for a lot of people, you know, there, there is that that whole sense of um, playing the victim card. Yeah. You know? And I don't think, you know, I think once you accept what's, you know, what's happened and accept responsibility, um, it's so much more powerful mm. and you take yourself to a different state of mind with it. So mm. you've accepted that, you know, the situation you're in it's essentially just giving it out, giving it up, yeah. you know, mm. and um, it's releasing, you know, mm. it's releasing that trauma. Mm. Um, and yeah, as I said, it's just, it's such a powerful, you know, way of, of dealing with something, you know, and I think a lot of people, yeah, they just aren't, I guess, receptive towards mm. um, taking that acknowledgement and, yeah. and sense of, um accountability yeah so obviously life's been a bit of a, a roller coaster for mm. you man so you've gone from flying high rugby that crashes down with the ruptures then you had to get medicated then you had your accident mm. like walk me through like what what was your mindset there like what was your mindset when you got to that point and walk me through everything okay so let's start back from my rugby league Mm. um you know experience and how that you know first of all affected um Mm. my mental health and and state of well-being so i guess you know i've I've been over this but that was my life you know it's all i saw for myself and when that was taken away from me i found myself in you know a situation where i was developing toxic habits and bad habits Mm. and I guess my mindset wasn't always clear with my decisions Mm. because I was always you know influence it with alcohol or drugs Mm. or whatever and you know for me that was so unstable and for the next you know 
period that came, I ended up getting to this kind of this this breaking point where I just had so much um, anxiety and stress and mm. I basically was just lost, man. Like mm. I just didn't know mm. what I was going to do. I didn't know who I wanted to be and I felt like um, that just affected my mindset so much to the point that I crashed. Yeah. So I ended up, you know going to seek a bit of help and ended up getting medicated um, on antidepressants in which, um, you know, I spent a, a period of time, um, you know, fluctuating, you know, massively, you know, between mm. mood swings and, and, you know, I guess um, not being able to properly filter out emotions. Yeah. Mm. So I was, and all guys do, man. Yeah. It's like we honestly we take too much on, and we we you know we push it down as far as we can get it. Yeah. But man, it's just like trying to push a basketball down at a pool, bro. Yeah. Back exactly. Up, yeah. Water, eh? Eventually, it's gonna come out. So, you know, I guess my mindset was really unstable, mm. and I just wasn't happy. Yeah. So once I I did go and seek that help. Um, you know, I, I went through, um, you know, doctors and, and counselors and stuff. And, um, yeah, it got to the point where I was, I was taking medication. And I guess, um, from that experience, I never felt like myself mm -hmm. still, it did help. It did balance me, mm -hmm. but it was, it was something that just didn't feel good or yeah. right to me, you know? So, and I started reading into how harmful some of these things are to mm. the brain and stuff. So, you know, essentially, you know, I ended up getting to the point where I was looking at more of a holistic approach yeah. at mental health and uh, in a way where I could, you know, take myself off mm. um, that medication and, and do, you know, more alternate practices like meditation and yoga and, mm. um, and stuff like that. So I guess, you know, that was my first experience into into that world of self-help and i i felt when i started that that journey um things started to to change for me you yeah. know and it wasn't until i had my accident one morning that um that all kind of got thrown upside down yeah it did in a way um like I, I'm not saying I fell away from it at all. It was more of the fact that I probably wasn't um, able to to comprehend some of the things that were happening in my yeah, life. Yeah. And a lot of the times I was just living out of fear and stress. Yeah. So even though I, I did manage to get myself off that medication, mm. um, but I, I still found it challenging to commit um, to practices and, you know, to, to really have a, a, a positive or to the most effect that it could have had. For yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So um, then I guess that, my, that my mindset changed again during that 18 months because, you know, just at a time where I started to feel a bit, a bit better and, and like as if my life was changing, I had something that happened that was just, just yeah. in my mind, you know. <laughs> And uh, for that next 18 months that I spent on bail, yeah. it was just like, you know, 
everything in my life was just, I just felt stuck. Yeah. You know, and that made it, you know, it was, it was the most challenging time I would say um, in my life that I'd experienced up to that point. And I just did the best I could, you know, yeah. with the situation I was in, you know, I, as I was saying, it, was something at the time where I didn't feel as though I was going to prison. Yeah. You know, I felt like it was, everything was just going to be okay. You know, they would see it my way. Mm. And, you know, I was essentially involved in an accident and yeah, like I was, I was very shocked at the, you know, at the result that yeah. I got, but I'm not here to say it wasn't something that, mm. um, hasn't been the best thing that's mm. ever happened in my life in terms of the person I am today through the experiences that I yeah. went through. Yeah, for sure. And you did like a, like you said, you did an amazing job in actually going through it because it's tough. Mm. Like, you know, you you feel like you're going one way, you're trending there, I don't know, a boom, put you back down. And I think like the good point that you said was that level of self-acceptance and owning it, yep. not being like, oh, I'm the victim here. Oh, this shouldn't have happened my way. Yada, yada, yada. It's like, you know what? This is the situation. This is what happened. Mm. And like, whether or not I'm happy or not, this is, is what it is. Mm. And going through through that. And obviously after now that you've done the, you know, you went to prison, you served your sentence, mm. you've come out now, you've done some incredible things out in the community. Yes. Like talk to us about that transition. Like you're in prison. Yep. It's all seeming a bit, seeming a bit low, low yeah. at that point. Yeah. How so I, I had some, had some really positive influences in prison. The chaplain was, was one of them. Mm. And he really did give me a different perspective, you know, on how to do jail early in my sentence. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was in a, I was actually in a Muslim wing for a long time. And this chaplain was of Christian faith. And, you know, it was, it was amazing to see how, I guess, you know, all of that in, inside, like we're all in there together, you yeah. know, just like now we're all in this together, yeah, you know, yeah. And I had positive influences from, from both sides. Yeah. And for me, you know, I was exposed to some of the, you know, I guess, harshest criminals there are out there. And, you know, they say jail is a, a breeding ground to, to be manipulated and actually to get out and, mm. and want to commit further, you know, offences and crimes. And yeah, it was difficult, but I, I had to attach myself to more of the positive influences, you know, the chaplain being one. Um, I wasn't of Christian faith, you know, um, in there, as I said, I was living in a Muslim wing and a lot of those boys there were so accepting of me and mm. looked after me in there as well. Um, so I had more of a spiritual, um, I'd come from more of a, a like an open belief, a spiritual belief. I guess I was, I was very neutral. Yeah. Um, but I was willing to learn, you know, you know, different belief and faiths, you know. Um, and I found it amazing to to actually see my impact that I could have on some people, including Christians and Muslims and stuff. Um when I would talk about meditation. 
So it was all about, you know, promoting that sense of, of you know, relaxation, calming the mind, detaching from thoughts. And, uh, and I guess a lot of them were receptive towards what I was saying. Mm. So it didn't become a religious thing at all. It became a well-being thing. Yeah. And I guess that's where the pathway to wellness started mm. um, for me in there. Looking back and reflecting on that, um, but yeah, the main thing that I needed to do was work on myself, yeah. you know, yeah. and I was obviously, right. you know, willing to help others, but at the same time, I kind of had to put shields up because it opened the door to talking about their problems and to talking about crime and stuff. And, you know, in cases, you know, you absorb a lot of people's energy in some instances and you want to help, but sometimes, you know, it's kind of toxic to, mm. to kind of, um, to, to immerse yourself into that conversation yeah. or to open that up, um, and talk about those kind of things. And I try to keep it as positive as I could, you know? Mm. So mm. I did, you know, a few, uh, courses in there. I did some positive psychology, um, I did a, a wellness coaching course in there, you know, just whatever was on offer and whatever I could do. And amongst all that too, I practiced gratitude and affirmations. Mm. Um, I did as much meditation as I could, you know, I'd go out in the yard, you know, every now and then and do some yoga. I just wouldn't do a downward dog, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, look, it was, yeah, it was the timeline in my life where I had no option but to go within. Yes. And I had no external factors influencing me like I did when I was on bail, which yeah. what made bail harder in mm, some mm. some areas you know um look i'm not saying being on bail was was harder than prison because obviously i did have some freedom outside yeah. mm. um but in terms of just having to get on with life yeah. you know like i had my i had my fate drawn to me so i was i just had to continue living you know the best way i could be positive uh not only for myself, but my family and essentially just survive. Yeah. You know, so I guess, you know, looking back, uh, it was 18 months. It was 18 months of, you know, overcoming challenges daily. It was 18 months of, you know, practicing the inner work. Mm, it was yes. 18 months of releasing trauma you know, not to say I came out, you know, perfect by any yeah. means or enlightened, but I did help myself a lot and I just had so much clarity yeah. that, you know, this is the pathway that, you know, helping others and also, you know, doing, getting, getting myself involved in, in health and wellness was yeah. where I wanted to be, so... Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Uncovered with Nick and Femi. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is going to be part one and we are going to be releasing part two of Tommy's podcast next week because it was such a great and fascinating conversation and I loved every moment of it. So I didn't want to cut anything. So I thought let's split it into two. So stay tuned. We'll be releasing it next week. But till then, 
Check up on some of the other episodes you haven't watched. And I hope you guys are staying safe during this quarantine. I love you guys so much. And I'll see you guys next week.